Welcome back. We're going to try this baby again. We reload, reboot, and reset, and away we go. Max, how are you, my friend? I am doing very well, Wolf. Can you hear me? I hear you. Oh, this is just tremendous. Lou is over here. The the, the head honcho here. He's like, touchdown. We got it. We're good. That's right. Oh, man. Well, it is awesome to hear you, and it is great to be back in the locker room, right? I, th- I think we've, I think we've uh, officially opened the doors. I mean, we, we, we had, we, you know, when the little foot peg comes down, you, you right. keep jerking the door. You're like, what is going on? I thought I unlocked this thing. <laughs> you're like, oh, the door stop is down. Okay, let me move that out of the way. <laughs> I think we had a few door stops in the way, my friend. There's no, yes, we did. no question about it. Now, when, when Wentz, we, we first left. The first segment. <laughs> yes. You were apparently bagging on my Hawaiian shirt. Now, listen, I was I was I, simply okay. trying to bring in positive vibes. Okay. I was saying that you were channeling sunnier skies <laughs> and better weather <laughs> through your apparel. That, that 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 was it. It was you're trying to project what spring should be, not what spring is right now in Western PA. That's right. Hey, and you know this, Max, as well as I do. No party gets started until the Hawaiian shirt shows up. You know what I mean? That's right. Somebody's got to do it. Right. Somebody's got to yeah, wear it. Somebody has to bring the festive, right? Because, you know, it, it's Hawaii somewhere. It is it's Hawaii, Hawaii somewhere. somewhere. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yes. Did you ever Google Earth? You do ever do Google Earth? You can, you oh, can yeah. like, fly out to Hawaii? I mean, you could like, oh, yeah. zoom in, and there's – I love Waikiki Beach. I wish, you know oh, – I, yeah. I sit there because I, I was out there some years ago with my wife, you know, and it was like, what a great time. I love that. That Google Earth takes you all. You can Google it anywhere. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, you you could go anywhere in the world. And you know, for me, I love North Shore, um, just because I've spent so much time with uh, Chris Kimiatu's family. Oh, big juicy uh, over the yeah, big juice. So you know, when he used to do his football camp, he'd bring us all out there, oh. and we would do it at his high school, which is Kahuku, up there on the North Shore. Okay, and then they would take us out for a beach day. Oh, out there, man. we would water ski, uh, well, jet skis and boats and stuff, and you would just go hang out, uh, have a big luau on the beach there. It was, uh, it was one of those things. So I'm partial to North Shore, even though we usually stayed on Waikiki Beach and got into a lot of trouble on scooters, um, <laughs> not knowing how to drive them. Right. But we, we did it anyways. We did it anyways, right? You know, you just on a scooter, you know, you're just like, all right, all right. I, I mean, this – you know, you got your feet hanging out. You're like, you're trying to Fred Flintstone it. You realize, <laughs> right. okay, you know, there's a break here. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, Hawaii is one of those just beautiful destinations, especially since it's spring break time for a lot of people. You know, people will be out there. It's just, it's one of those things where if you want to escape the, the snow and, and feel paradise, it, it doesn't get any better than that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, the thing about it is, Hawaii's got everything going on there. You know what they the, the, on the main island, you can even ski at certain times of the year because up on the one of the mountains, sometimes they get snow. How about that? Oh yeah. Now I know you well, just yeah. you took the family out to Tahoe, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, we we were out at Tahoe. We were out at Heavenly. Shout out to all of Steelers Nation that was actually out there that recognized me when I was wearing non uh non not non-union stuff uh, <laughs> uh non-work garb but they still uh noticed me uh but it was uh, it, it was it was just beautiful i mean it was the first time we had gone as a family and the first time my, my daughters have skied first time my wife has skied in like over 30 years right and I, I i only skied once in my life and happened to be at seven springs when i was like 11 years there old you go all right that's back when my foot size was normal 
but I but I actually got on the mountain and I was ski biking. Uh, have you heard of that? Ski I biking? have not. No, I, I've seen it, but I've not done it. Now, I oh, thought, it, no, it is th- a blast. Was that was that fun? Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. And you know, for me, like I had you know I hadn't skied since I was eleven years old. So I mean, you were talking about almost thirty years ago, um, and because my feet were just too big, and obviously I'm a very large human. But it it gave it gave me that opportunity to actually fit in with everybody else, even though I still stuck out because I'm riding a bike on a mountain, and you know nobody nobody else had it. I think I saw like in the last two days, I saw like four other people by the end of it, and I was like, did I promote this or not? Because these ski, I, I, I saw these people with snowboards and skis before, uh, and now they have ski bikes. Uh, but it was just it was one of those things. It was just such a cool experience to do it. And to figure it out, because there's no lessons. You know, you, you can go to ski and snowboard school. Right. You can't go to ski bike school. Right. So right. I watched like like four or five YouTube videos to figure out how to ride this thing. And then I just went out there and just, you know, trial and error, right? You know, just 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 failed miserably and then just figured it out. And then by the last day, I mean, I was ripping and roaring throughout the mountain. And did anybody say, oh, there's a Sasquatch, there's a Yeti going by? Because you are a large uh, I, prairie mammal, are you not? I, I'm sure when I tumbled, they said, oh, my God, the abominable snowman tripped and fell. Uh, I'm sure they did at some point. Uh, but, but I was wearing bright colors. I was making sure I wore really bright colors. I didn't wear white to be mistaken for or brown. Right. So I didn't get mistaken as a Sasquatch or a Yeti at any point. That's a good, but there, good point. Important safety. Yeah, no, no. It, 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 it's about the colors, right? You know, I, exactly. I wore yellow. I mean, it was really loud yellow. And then I also had navy blue were my two kind of uh, snow bib colors. Okay. That'll work. That'll work. Now, by, yeah. by the way, um, today we're going to have as our first guest in the off-season, of the locker room off-season version. All right, we're going to have our first guest of as John Kolb is going to check in the locker room. The great John oh. Kolb, who's a four-time Super Bowl champion uh, offensive tackle, a uh, guy who um, he was he won the NFL Strongest Man. He was fourth in the World Strongest Man, a guy that um, – you know, has just been uh, awesome, a mentor to me, and uh, who's setting up the K2 Adventures, and they're actually raffling away a trip uh, to for a uh, you know for to go to Kilimanjaro. So that's that's an interesting thing because John's climbed Kilimanjaro. Can you imagine? You got to climb Kilimanjaro over there. I mean, no, uh, I, I don't want to no. do that. No, I, I have zero desire. Yes, uh, I, I don't mind seeing it. Like I'll, I'll go and look in Kenya at Kilimanjaro while sitting at base camp and eating eating some food right but I, I, I don't I don't want to traverse it uh, with my feet <laughs> I told John unless Dunkin yeah. Donuts is at the top of the mountain there's really no reason why oh, I no, no. Want to it, go to it, the top. it had better be the best Dunkin Donuts of all time <laughs> at the top actually you know it's funny so my wife loves Disney right yes and she was looking at uh, Disneyland, some of their top like eats, like hidden eats. Ooh, yeah. They have a churro donut. No way. Yes, it's a Whoa. it's the churro consistency, wrapped in a donut and is twisted and set cinnamon sugar topping of a Ooh. churro. And my mouth was watering yesterday. So if those are at the top of Kilimanjaro, I'll walk it. <laughs> I will walk to the t- not a crow nut. It must be a churro nut. Chur- a churro nut. nut. Uh, yeah, a churro nut or a, a duro. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would do it for that. I would do it for that. Now, Max, I was keeping up with you when you were out in Indianapolis. Uh, one of yes. the things that uh, one of the assignments that you were given in the offseason was to go to the con- the combine and kind of uh, report and do your thing, which you know you do very well. You you know you got There's something there's something that that glows about you on TV, young man. You you got <laughs> something there, buddy. You do a good job. So tell me a little no, bit about your you. indie experience there. Well, you know, it, it was it was an awesome experience. I mean, first of all, to go there in that capacity um, after all these years, right? I mean, it, it's it almost, it's been over 18 years, I mean, since I'd done that. And to go there and see where the combine is versus where it was, right? Um, that transformation is just tremendous. I mean, you know, when, when I went to the bench press – it was literally like in like a small ballroom meeting room type place with mm-hmm. a bench set up. John Lott, the old strength and conditioning right. coach, is sitting over you. He's counting. And then there's a row of chairs on the side where pretty much only the offensive line coaches came and saw offensive linemen bench. <laughs> you know, maybe there are a couple of scouts in there. But it was mainly just the O-line coaches and then all of us, right, you know, with, with, our, with our numbers, the OL41, you know, last name Starks on this, like, sweatshirt that felt like wool. Felt like a sackcloth. Now these guys have full Under Armour like gear to swap out. You know, if, if you get a sweat stain on it, oh, you have another shirt. Oh, oh you have man. another pair of shorts. You Cut know, it and, out. And now it's in like a stadium type space in this huge hall with stadium seating, so fans can come watch you bench press. No way. So just that progression right there. Fans actually being in the stadium to watch your forties. Um, you know, it was just like the grandness of the event and you know the one sad part was is that it, it will be leaving indy um this was the last year i'll be at indy for a while it'll now rotate but it was just it was really cool to return back there and kind of see the perspective and then of course see see friends uh that are now co- in the coaching world and they right. are now coaches um in different capacities whether it's offensive line or whether it's defensive line or quality control guys now, um, you know. It, so it was it was a really nice um, nice experience. I got to see some of my buddies that were in personnel side on other teams. Uh, one of the guys that we interviewed uh, here for the GM position ran Carthon, uh, my college running back at Florida, um, and a good buddy of mine who interviewed for this job. And then of course getting to talk to Brandon Hunt as well. I didn't see Lou Riddick there. I know he had interviewed as well. Right. Um, but it was great to like connect with all of those guys and then all the different media outlets from all 32 teams were represented in our media row section. So I got to meet some really great guys, John McLean with the Texans. Um, you know, I talked to Ramon Foster's boss that's down in Tennessee. Oh, he covers the Titans. So we call Ramon on, on, on speaker. So it was just, it was one of those things. It was, you, you got the fraternity of the NFL right. here and everybody was there. So that was a really cool experience. You know, I told you a number of years ago, I, I did the same thing. They sent me there to – actually, it was 14, 15 years ago. It was Mike Tomlin's first year, first off season, And so they sent me there. I was there three days. I was supposed to interview him, and I could never catch up to him because he was always doing something whenever the times were set up for me to interview him. So finally, finally, I get I – get, they tell me, you got to get – just a minute or something of, of Tomlin on tape, right? So I get John Norwig to give me his credentials, and I go in pretending to be John Norwig, the head trainer from the Steelers. I go in, and I think I'm going to get busted like crazy, right? And I, I yeah, am the oh, worst. Yeah. I am not one of those guys that can, like, 
BS their way into stuff. I'm not like that. That's just not me. So when yeah. I went in there, some of the guys like like uh, Greg Minuski, you know, who's a defensive coordinator now, you know, yeah. and 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 or had been, and he, I played with him and some other guys that I played in the league with. They're like coaches. They're going, "Hey, Wolf, how you doing?" I'm going, "She, she, she." I'm like panicking because I think, "Oh no, they're gonna bust me," and I'm gonna John Wolf. I'm John Wolf. But the worst was. I Wolfwig. Went, John I, Wolfwig. I went through this room, and this guy goes, I hear somebody behind me go, hey, John Norwig. Hey, I worked with you. You remember? I'm like, and I'm like walking faster trying to just get away from this guy. How do you how do you get me, almost 300 pounds, mixed up with John Norwig, who's like 150 pounds? It's like, yeah, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely not a comparison. I mean, it, yeah. It's like it's like, hey John, you let yourself go. Thanks, thanks. No, no, oh, did no. He it's really cool. let himself <laughs> yeah. go, man. Oh, does that look bad? <laughs> oh my God, no. I mean, I, I can just imagine that because when you look at, I mean, and and they're serious about badges. Because yeah. I was, I was, inter- so I was interviewing uh, Kelvin Fisher. So I was yes. interviewing Fish one morning, and they're like, no, he cannot go past here with that with that media badge because we have media badges, right? And and so. Like, we had to change our course because it was supposed to be a walking interview. And so we had to actually change the course and start further back, like, closer to the hotel because it's all indoors and, and it's yes. all connected. Yes. You know, I love the way that the Indiana Convention Center's connected to all the hotels. So we just had to change the course to make sure we ended right as he was going into the – And you got to time it out because you, you got to yeah. make it look like it's all – Produced by. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got you to make it look, you know, you got to have the walk and, and the yeah, talk and exactly. the swag. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so they're very strict about those those name tags. So I don't know if that would have worked this time around because they, they would have <laughs> taken a hard look at your name tag, looked at you, looked at it, asked your name, where's your access. So I'm glad you went when you did because, yeah, you would not – even BSing would not have saved you. Yeah, you would have been busted. <laughs> I'd have been up against the wall. Why are you clean-shaven and now you have a goatee? You had hair in this picture. You don't have hair. Why did your hair all of a sudden melt all the way to the front of your face and not on top of your head? <laughs> Before we go to break, tell me about the Colbert interview. Interesting. Oh, You're talking to Kevin Colbert, and it's kind of a summation of everything. Well, it was, it was one of those full-circle moments for me because – Last time I was there was in the combat getting interviewed by Kevin <laughs> Colbert um, as a guy, as a prospective kid trying to get into the NFL and to then interview someone at the end of their career on his way out, you know, official title. I, I know Kevin's not going to be gone. So it was just one of those things. It, just, it, it felt surreal. It was an amazing moment. And to talk with, Kel, uh, to talk with Kevin Colbert and figure out just kind of, like the life path, right? Like what brought you a to this point to where you wanted right. to be in this sport, and, because you had so many other interests to then go through all of these successful years that you were at the helm for the Steelers, becoming the first GM, right? Because you were director of football right, ops right. for a long time before you got that title, and it was just it was awesome to hear his answers and kind of how he viewed things, how he viewed draft picks. Um, and this whole process here, and so it it was really it was really an honor um, because I've had I've had off topic conversations off you know off sure. off air conversations with Kevin, 
But to do it under those circumstances and to have that interview and dialogue with him was really special and something I'll always remember because, you know, this is the guy that gave me my first shot, right? Him and Cower had to agree that, hey, that big kid from Florida, we, he, he, I, think he, I think he should get a shot with coming to our team and be drafted by us. We, exactly. should, we should use a pick to bring this guy in. And then you look at it now almost 20 years later, and now I'm interviewing him. So it, it, was, it was truly a special moment. That's what I thought was so cool. He interviewed you 20 years ago, two decades later. You're interviewing <laughs> him, and what a difference. Yeah. Oh, that's a good start, Max. All right, we got the gremlins worked out. We'll be back with more in the locker room after this. All right, welcome back to the locker room. And I must tell you that it was so great to hear Wolf's voice, and it was so great to be back on these airwaves with Steelers Nation Radio, of course. Um, he, he's up there in Western PA. I'm out here in Southwestern AZ. Um, but most importantly, we are here with you. And, you know, the next biggest topic, yes, we got through Combine. Yes, the future of the NFL looks bright. Uh, we got to see what the future talent pool is going to be as we trudge forward towards the draft and, of course, for eventual OTAs and mini camps. But the biggest news and the biggest thing that's going on right now is free agency. And when you look at just where we, where we are or where we were before free agency started, hmm. it, was, it, it was pretty much like a thousand-piece puzzle that was just thrown in your face. It wasn't it wasn't unboxed and put neatly on a table to where you could go through and there's numbers. No, you got a bunch of them and they were odd shape sizes and you're trying to figure out what does the team for 2022/23 look like and you don't know and you're missing pieces on the puzzle board, you know, you're like, "Okay, well wait a second. I don't I don't have those four border pieces to start." And then kind of filling in the edges. And I think right now what we're doing I think we've done a great job uh, so far. Uh, you know, Wolf, the question to you is, when you look at this, um, where the Steelers are right now as it stands for free agency, pre-draft, you know, w- what do you like most about what they've done? Have they attacked the needs that you thought they should have attacked in free agency with veterans versus rookies? There's no question in my mind. Look, they've spent more money in free agency than I, I think I can ever remember. In the history of yeah. my mind, you know, what I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. even know, you know, what I mean, I look back at this and I go, wow, you know, what I mean, they've, they've spent a buku bucks on some people and they attacked all the areas. Well, I, I can see, you know, you, you bring in uh, the, the, the Mitchell Trubisky because he's a young, strong stud who, you know, you think he's got some more tread on the tire to go here. He's got some, but you need competition. And I think between Haskins, Rudolph, and, and Trubisky, you got quarterback competition. I always believe in, and I know you do too, the competition in the room is what raises the level, okay? The intensity goes up, the, 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 you know, the, the desire goes up, the output comes up. Everything goes up when you have competition in the room. So the biggest things I thought the Steelers were facing was uh, you got to have you got to bring in another quarterback. You knew that. You knew that you got to settle the the run defense. You got to do something that when you have eleven personnel out there, you got to be able to stop the running game. The Steelers could still stop the running game with the three four when they when they were able to go their base okey. 
you know, to a de- to a degree. But when once you start going into sub packages, they were just being crushed at times in the running game. They addressed that. I mean, they addressed the fact that uh, you know you get some offensive linemen, and you got what more competition in the room, which is going to equal more output on the field. And I, I love the fact that you you know you go out and you get a couple guys like Levi Wallace too. I mean, Levi Wallace is a – the guy was pretty darn good. I'm impressed with that guy. You talk about a free agent that made the most of his opportunity. Once he started to start in Buffalo his rookie year, the dude was – could not be replaced in the lineup. So I think they've gone a long ways towards addressing a bunch of the areas they needed to. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And kind of uh, one of the things that kind of still show just, you know, how far the Steelers have gone so far and – how much more room they still have the Steelers still have top 10 in, in available salary cap um, with over 22 million left still available at their disposal to um to to go and get some more pieces but you know I do want to I do want to touch on the first one uh, Mitchell Trubisky how about this stat right here for you throw a little nugget uh, out there for I everybody like it's chicken nuggets yeah. spit specifically but you exactly know. you know it's better than a Scooby snack so I'm gonna throw that out there uh so how about this? In NFL history, Wolf, 203 players have attempted 1,500-plus passes. Okay. Uh, the only one that has not thrown a pick six in those 1,500-plus passes, Mitchell Trubisky. No way. He has never thrown an interception return for a touchdown in, in 1,585 passing attempts. How about that? That's pretty amazing. Uh, that is yeah, amazing. When, when you consider that, and then, of course, his win percentage since 2018, when he entered the league, is uh, is is over 65 percent. But guess who it's only behind? Who? Let, let me let me tell you if you if you recognize these names of these guys. Uh, have you heard of Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I think so. Yeah, sounds familiar. Uh, Thomas Brady. By golly, it, it does ring a bell. I'm not quite sure. I'm getting he, the picture. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. I definitely think is that you the know, guy he, that he, retired than unretired. Yeah, that that is the guy that, oh, that retired wow, and wow. then okay. you know took a family vacation and realized he still loved football. Right, right. Uh, he realized he did not want to do Common Core math. Um, I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, I, I would I would rather I would rather solve the intricacies uh, uh, of a nickel defense and a dime defense than try and figure out Common Core math. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Know, it seems like they're related, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they, they, the they nickel, might be actually. actually dime. But it's 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 physical. It's you know it's a more physical version. It's, it's, it's like you. playing wizard's chess. It's a little ballistic. Uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, but Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees, and Patrick Mahomes. That that's where Mitchell Trubisky kind of in the win percentage category stacks up. He's right behind those guys. So I think he's in good company um, when you think of that. Um, so it, you know, so I I think the future is bright. Like you said, if you can make Matt Nagy look good <laughs> and get him to a playoff win. Um, when he's taking all the praise and patting himself on the back and still do it uh, with so many different coordinators, I think there is some potential there. I think it just takes the right type of grooming and the right circumstances for him uh, because I think this is this is that second chance he's been looking for. Um, so I think he's going to take this opportunity, you know, competition for a starting job, you know, because he went to Buffalo and did right. not have that. He, he, You know, he was relegated to being a backup because you're not going to beat out Josh Allen, right? But he learned a lot. He got to sit. He got to actually take time, which is what he didn't get to do when he was in Chicago. Uh, he was thrust into the spotlight a little bit too soon, 
Um, so I'm eager to see that. I think that's that's probably one of my biggest, uh, you know, Yahoo wins. It's something that I have been talking about uh, for a couple weeks um, on the on the other networks and, of course, on my Twitter page. Uh, you know, yeah. like, hey, free agent to go after, go after Mitch Trubisky. I mean, Deshaun Watson, it looks good. And Cleveland, we'll see what they do. Uh, but he has a lot of baggage, and we're not. We're not. We want. We wanted. We wanted to go check bag free. We wanted you to go just to carry on and uh, grab your ticket and then <laughs> get off the plane or a backpack. Either one works. But yeah. yeah, Mitchell is. You know. you know, he's interesting. He's he's one of these guys. He's a physical specimen. You know, he's got a strong arm. He runs well. You know, if you watch him, he's physically gifted in his attributes. You know, he's talented in his ability to take off and run. Um, I think he, as we're, I was talking to you, you know, watching him, I think this is a guy that operates so well in a run-first offense. If you watch him, you know, he's good at the play action. He carries his fakes out. He's uh, very good at checkdowns and out patterns. He's got a strong arm, arm enough to throw it down the field, but he doesn't throw it down the field that much. Uh, some of his the balls, that he'll, the go balls he'll throw, they're a little bit flatter in the arc, but at the same time, you know, he still gets it down there. And the other thing about it is, if I had to summarize him, he's extremely proficient from the 25s, you know, between the 25s. It's the red zone stuff that I think gives him where you have the compression of the windows and the reeds and everything like that. Uh, it seems to be a little more of a struggle for him. But I, I'm all for competition. And I'm, I believe Mason is going to be all about for the competition. And I think Dwayne Haskins. And I think the competition room is going to be rising to a level here because of the fact you got somebody who is a capable NFL quarterback there. Well, you got two first-rounders and a I mean. third-rounder. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got two first-rounders and a third-rounder competing for a starting job. Right. I mean, you're a good company if you're looking at kind of kind of where we are in the quarterback pool and kind of raising the expectations of everyone because you know it, it, the margin for error is very slim uh, when you think about that. And like you said, uh, another thing I like about Mitch is that he's able to roll in the pocket. I like his on the run throwing. Um, you know, because that's what Matt Canada's offense was going to be predicated on, right? A lot of rollouts, a little misdirection, a lot of yeah, misdirection and everything. And I think Mitch kind of fits that mold a lot better. Um, you know, nothing against Ben. I love Ben, um, but you know, at this point in his career, I think things should have been tailored a little bit more towards him. And Canada kind of wanted to go with his philosophy. Right. So I think now he get Canada gets that clean slate to kind of show really what his offense can be because you do have these younger more mobile quarterbacks that are coming in. I mean, two guys in the same class with Mason and and Mitch Trubisky coming in. They're both in the same class going up against the, you know each other. And then, of course, you have Dwayne, who's the younger guy. So it's going to be an interesting uh, mix. Um, well, but when we come back, we're going to step aside and take a break in a second. I do want to dive into what we're talking about, run defense, right? The Miles Jack right. acquisition. I want to talk about James Daniel and Mason Cole as well. James Daniels is a killer, baby. I'm watching that dude look, on film. He is fun to watch. Listen, listen, anybody that can wear the 78 and make it look good, you know, I'm all for. <laughs> you know, because he was he was number 78 in Iowa. So so he's a, he's a guy after my own heart. I, I saw him in black and gold in college. The 78 legacy. Now, that's right. The legacy looks bright. That's that's right. Bad Dog White would be proud uh, to see someone <laughs> of his elk uh, carrying on the 78. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to step aside real fast. We got more free agency talk here. Don't forget and who we're course, coming back with. 
Oh, oh, but we oh, I forgot. We have John Cope at the top of the hour, yes. correct? Yes. Mr. John Cope. I'm sorry. The the original tackle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the original left tackle. And and then we will we'll, we'll talk about the K2 experience and then we'll talk about free agency after our illustrious interview. You are listening here Steelers Nation Radio and of course ESPN 970 there in Pittsburgh. This is in the locker room with Starks and Wolf. Talk to you later.